If you're hiding from your life, you are past your threshold. You aren't dealing with either the stress or the stressor. Deal with the stress so you can be well enough to deal with the stressor. Emily Nagoski. Bending Not Breaking, Season 6, Episode 6, Old Wounds. to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine. And I'm Ben. And we have got more wonderful episodes of The Legend of Korra to watch and to talk about. And we've done another one. We did. We did season three, book three, episode six. Yeah, we did. Old Wounds. That's the episode. That is the episode. Old Wounds. Yeah. Which we, we, we see some old wounds. Literal yeah. How some wounds, that's maybe some scars. Yeah, yeah. We've seen that. We do. So we'll talk more about that. We will. Yeah. How have you been? I... Speaking of old. You know. Whoa! <laughs> hey! That was a, that was rude. You're very sprite, but old at heart. Sprite? Did you call me sprite? Yes. Sprightly. Do you mean spry? Spry. Yeah. I am spry. <laughs> I don't know if I'm Sprite. That's a fizzy drink. It's a character in the Eternals. It's also a fairy. Like yeah. A, like a little Sprite. Yes. That's. Yeah. Yes. Some would say like Tinkerbell is a Sprite. Yeah. You know, Sprite. So you're calling me a Sprite. I guess I, I, I accept. Yeah. Fair enough. I've been thinking about it. I accept. Great. Great. Well, this has been an episode of Bending Not Breaking. <laughs> <laughs> you make that joke every time. Every time. I don't think I do. Every episode. I I don't think I make that joke every you episode. You make it a lot. Do I? A whole lot. I need a count. If you think I make that a lot, I would want you to tell us on Twitter or yeah. Facebook group or on Instagram. Somewhere. You can email us. Thearchivy at gmail.com. I would love to know if you think I make that joke a lot. You do. I, I can tell you right now. You also said I wasn't funny at one point in my life, and I know that I'm funny. Yeah. Listen. You li- bring you bring, li- you bring so many things to the table. You have so many Lina. strengths. You have I am so funny. many strengths. Humor is not one of them. I'm funny. <laughs> like, sometimes, yes. Uh, no. Yeah, sometimes. I, I, I took a poll for everyone who I, who needs to know this, that, and everyone said I was funny except Sunshine. Everyone, I'm funny. I, I'm funny. You bring I make so many wonderful laugh. things to the table. You do too. Yeah. Thanks. Chun Chine. Yeah. So. So. You're seeming a little stressed right now. I'm. You are my stressor. <laughs> Am I? What is stress? I need sunshine? you to deal with whatever's Why are we going on in your life. <laughs> stress is our lens today. Oh. Yeah. Stress is our lens. That makes it. That, okay. Which, uh, this episode has a lot of that. There's some stress. <laughs> Specifically one character. The I Lynn mean, Show. It's the Lynn episode. I mean, but there's other stress. There is other stress. There's a lot more stress. Stress. The pressure or tension exerted on a material object. So, when you metal bend, I assume that there's tension there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or a state of mental or emotional strain or tension. 
resulting mm. from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the textbook definition. Yeah, I think what that lacks is we talk about stress regularly when in referring to uh, life. life I'm so right? stressed. And we're, t- we're talking about like what that does to our bodies. We mm-hmm. talk about like what what is stress? Like, oh, I'm so stressed. And that has molded and adapted into something more that I think we have to unpack a little bit more. Great. So let's take the little bow. Let's let's untie it. Okay. Let's open up the box. <gasps> Pandora's box. What do you mean? <gasps> so stress is one. I have two books I'm going to be referencing right now. One is Burnout by Emily Nagoski and okay. her sister, um, who I'm forgetting at the moment. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then there is uh, The Wisdom of Your Body by Hillary McBride. I referenced Emily Nagoski and burnout in the quote that we opened with. And it, the thing it breaks down is the difference between the stress and the stressor. And you have to be able to deal with the stress so that you are rested. Amelia. Amelia Nagoski. Yeah. You have to deal with the stress in order to be able to deal with the stressor. As in like the, the root cause and not so much the trigger of, yeah so you have to deal you have to be able to deal with the result what what stress does to your body Mm -hmm. and before you can really address the cause or the trigger or whatever is stimulating that response so building that body awareness of like oh hey i'm stressed and here's how i cope with that yeah and And then then you can deal with and once you're out of that mode you are better equipped to address the stressor or the cause Interesting. Yeah. So one of the things that I really appreciate about Hillary McBride, though, is there's a really uh, important uh, connection and therefore distinction between stress and trauma that I think we need to kind of parse out a little bit. Like we need to talk about those together because they are lesser and greater degrees of the same thing rather than two distinct things. And so... Essentially, stress is the activation of the body system, right? It's in response yes. to a stressor. It's ex- to illness, traffic, uh, death, important events, big life changes, natural disaster, you name it. All, the, all kinds of things that create this anticipation of stress. And together with the perception of the threat posed by that stressor. So an example is if somebody is running a marathon that is going to cause immense stress on the body yes right but someone who is choosing to do that and it might go through a marathon and think that is incredibly meaningful rather than threatening whereas if i were to go run a marathon right now and i was forced to do it against my will it would cause a lot of problems yes right there'd be it'd be bad. (laughs) My stress response would be high. I know I wouldn't be able to do it. My body would react. And so how we perceive stress determines whether it affects our physiology, right? It affects our cognitive performance and whether that's positive or negative. So therefore a stressful event becomes trauma if we become overwhelmed and powerless by the stressor. Does that make sense? Yeah. Say it again. A stressful event becomes trauma when we feel overwhelmed and powerless from the stressor great not great but no it's not great it really sucks it's terrible (laughs) but so the key for me is how do we identify when we are feeling 
overwhelmed and when we are feeling powerless. And if we can identify those things, theoretically, we can identify things as traumatic as opposed to stressful, merely stressful. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I want to be clear that stress is a good thing. Stress on the body is a natural thing that we go through. What makes it trauma and what makes it uh, necessary to talk about with trauma is our capacity to go in and out of stress cycles is what makes something, our inability to do that is what makes it traumatic versus if we're in it and prolonged, it can turn into trauma as well. And so uh, what good stress might look like without, and I don't know if good is the correct word, but like, right, like that, that deadline that's coming up that you know you need to meet and having that be in front of you to help you yeah. push yourself to getting it done, whatever it might be, right? So like that might be a good level of stress depending on how you react to said deadline yeah right so or training for a marathon right. you are literally stressing your body right right that is a good stress okay. you are doing it in a way that is yeah. healthful working you're, out you're resting afterwards your body, right you're getting yourself time to you're not feeling threatened and overwhelmed and powerless by it mm -hmm. <laughs> i think that's just a key distinction Versus running until your body literally can't anymore. Or holding on to it and not dealing with it for so long that you go to an acupuncturist and then it brings up these buried memories yes, and right. you have to deal with it all at once because you've been holding on to it for 30 years. I've had acupuncture done during physical therapy before. That was not wow. my response. Wow. My response was not <laughs> memories of... Oh, okay. Maybe they, maybe your your chakra and maybe, your chi yeah. wasn't blocked quite as I'm not feeling anything distinctly uh, as yes. Lynn. Yeah, yeah, super blocked. So that was us unpacking what we're going to be kind of talking about today. Yep. But before we do, before we do, we're gonna really, really listen keenly to Sunshine's recap of the episode. Yeah, you are. Are you ready? Nope. On your mark. Good stress. Get set. Right. Go. Team Avatar and friends are eating breakfast in, uh, in Zalfu, and, and Korg gets an offer to learn metal bending. Varric tests a magnetic suit. Lynn is high stress and highway sees this and sends her to an acupuncturist. Red Lotus hijacked a truck. Lynn goes through acupuncture and has a lot of flashbacks about her relationship with her sister. It ends up leading to a major fight and discussion, and they have an excellently choreographed fight. Opal stops Ten the fight, seconds. and then they uh, we see a lot of Lynn apologizing and then Bolin likes to try to, to metal bend as well, and that's fun for him, and he's being vulnerable. Ding! Yeah. Well, we did it. Again, when there's a seven-minute fight scene, <laughs> it, yeah. it certainly helps with the recap. It was a good fight scene, though. Again, I'm... Uh, Beautifully the, One of the things like I, I really appreciate about... I think we can talk about this just is the, the bending fights were choreographed exceptionally well. They're good. In this show. In yeah, this yeah. whole... I would like, argue the the, the, the the action sequences are more compelling than in they're, Avatar The Last Airbender. They're good. Not that we have to compare the two. No. Or rank them. No, 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 no. But I like to rank things. And if I did, one, Korra. Two, Avatar. Three, comics. Four, novels. Because I don't get to watch the novels. <laughs> fight scenes <laughs> yeah to use my imagination it's hard i don't get to see the good choreography yeah yikes okay comics are very stagnant you know I mean, I, I, uh, so sure. let's talk about stress fight or flight or freeze or fawn. or freeze or fawn fawn yeah yeah 
Let's talk about the truck driver. That's an easy one to get over. <laughs> okay. Fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Dude, flighted. Yeah, he fled. <laughs> no, probably flighted. Flighted. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think so, he made. The, I think he made the best decision for himself in that moment. Yeah, I, he said, I, "This is a moment where I have to fight, flight, freeze, or yeah, or lay down, and I'm gonna run." <laughs> I think that was the best chance for his survival. I think we can kind of even drop in a little bit before we get to the flea scene, but like leading all into it, he's done for the day. He's about to go home and like relax on the couch. Got no money. Maybe like watch some TV or read a book or hang out with his significant other. Who knows what he's about to go home and do to relax, but maybe he's going to some, you know, funky party. But moral of the story, he can't because the Red Lotus has just hijacked him at what is the bending equivalent of gunpoint. <laughs> yeah, um, ice, uh, water pick. Ice pick point. Uh, yeah, water knife point. <laughs> um, and, you know, she can, you know, it's bad. So he is all kinds of just like following directions and is a hostage in this situation. Yeah. So the idea of being hostage where you have to negotiate and be on entirely for the police officer that is addressing you is really an interesting dynamic because part of you is like, I have to act like my life depends on it because it It does. does. Yeah. But also if you don't do it well, there's, uh, you're going to get them caught and potentially get yourself hurt anyways. Right. Yeah. So this, this like weird double-edged sword of no matter what I do, I'm, not going to be in a good spot Mm -hmm. it was a very very lucky situation that they let him get out of the car and didn't hold on to him as a hostage right right um but it's interesting because they they let him get out that allowed ming wa to get into the front seat and everybody else to prepare to fight back so yeah fascinating because being like he's sweating again showing that that's like a physiological response to a stressor i think that's really important well in his decision making like his he's fumbling his words he's not thinking yep. necessarily clearly he's he's mixing up his story in that moment so the way that he is that is a that is also a physical response like your yeah. brain is at trying to process everything going on yeah and I, struggling with i would it. say let's let's think about the definition we provided earlier that if stress becomes trauma when there is a sense of being overwhelmed mm-hmm. and or being powerless. And yes and yes. And yes and yes. <laughs> yes Right? And yes. So this is a traumatic incident. Now, we can look at this and assume that, but even then, we don't know what this guy is feeling. However, I would argue that this is probably going to be a traumatic response, a traumatic incident for him. Oh, yeah. Um, versus just a, a stressful incident. Right? But everybody's unique. Yeah, but I, we we see him very overwhelmed. Oh we yeah. See, uh, so I just I want to lift up a little little thought for him, little vibes for for that character and here here. Make sure he's doing all right. Grat- yeah. Gratitude for him to have to deal with that. And so, what's interesting about this scene though is whether the Red Lotus seems stressed in this moment. What were your thoughts on that? It doesn't seem that, so. Like yes, but no. Right. So like. For them, maybe productive stress, right? We know we need to get out of here. We know that's a little stressful. We don't want to get caught. That's certainly stressful, but they all seemed pretty level-headed and cool, knowing their abilities and their their capabilities to be able to 
maneuver yeah. that situation. And I, think I can make lava on a bridge and escape. That I, I know I've got a pretty easy out. So it was stress, but not. it didn't quite bleed into what I would assume is necessarily traumatic because they weren't powerless, right? Correct. Had and they, all the power. They, and they didn't seem overwhelmed. They were very quick to come up with a plan. They were prepared. They knew what to do. Mm-hmm. They made it work. Um, and so I, I think it's worth kind of parsing that out, right? How do we recognize what stress looks like versus when it goes too far into into trauma? And I think that's that's giving us some clues to look at the difference between the driver and the members of the Red Lotus. Yeah. Makes me think, do we see a Bolin avoiding stress altogether? Do you think him not participating in metal bending is a way for him to just avoid potential stressors later in life i here's the deal we've talked about this uh with Brene brown we've talked about this with hillary mcbride the more you null the good the more you null the bad the more you know the bad the more you null the good correct you cannot there's no silencing one or the other you cannot it's going to when take you numb, effect on you are all. Going, correct. When you and, numb, period, you're going to numb everything. And it seems like what Bolin is doing is I'm intentionally going to avoid this potentially negative experience mm-hmm. because it could potentially also be good. But if it's good, then it's going to be too good. But if it's not good, then I just get to avoid it altogether and I don't have to experience the letdown. But now he's lived for years being let down. Right. <laughs> right? And so you can't null one without the other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're, what we're seeing here, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. It is. Cause I, w- I want him to have a teacher. I want him to try. Well, and again, I love that conversation between Opal and him and Opal's the best. Opal's just, a, Oh, I love Opal. But I also love that he gets to lift up kind of being like, aren't you doing the same thing with airbending? I have a question about that scene. He, after that, he's like, well, you're scared too. You're not going to do that. And then he's like, look at us supporting each other. And <laughs> and I'm like, hold on. That was not a conversation of support. That was a... That was a deflection def- from Bolin ex- yes. to try to like not have to take blame. Well, you're doing it too. Yeah. And um, I... Go ahead. Yeah. No. I, and so, one... She probably Opal probably needed to hear a version of that. I agree, but it was not the su- the way he lifted it up was not the supportive way. And because Opal is a queen, she handles it great. She handles it great. She's like, yeah, you're so right. <laughs> but I I don't think that a normal person uh, would respond to that. I think that that would put me on the defensive. Right. Like if you okay, so you're hurt now. You're accusing me. Let's and it just all of a sudden becomes this. <sighs> not when well, that situation. very much happens right very much happens yeah i'm gonna be defensive so i'm gonna throw something back at you that is now, can we talk about the amount of times that people get on the de- de- defense and throw some word daggers yeah lynn gets the brunt of that right every time yeah i mean this is twice that someone's called her a bitter loner or mm-hmm. something similar and first it came from cora last episode and now we're hearing it from her sister right and yikes this they're just like hitting hitting her exactly where it hurts and, and is there a stress because there's got to be a stress in potentially the fact that maybe she doesn't want to be alone or maybe she doesn't have the skill set to to navigate social situations in that way right she feels like she's mentioned she feels like she had to do this for mom she has to put on this thing it's it's ingrained in her at this point um and so getting called loner 
bitter. These are things that are like, I don't know if I have the capacity to change them. What stress does that add on to me now when I go out into social spaces? Yeah, uh, uh, this is a textbook episode for what it looks like in Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is it. <laughs> and so I-, I-, I think that what we're seeing here is when we repress things like Lynn does, the way we just explained, when you try to nullify and not deal with this, you are also taking away opportunities for good mm-hmm. i'm not going to feel this bad thing so i'm also going to not feel these good things and what we see is the result of living that way for 30 years and we what we see is people noticing and calling her bitter and it what it what happens is as we see from the beginning of season one to now most of the time she doubles down mm-hmm. not apologize right no, very cora-esque like yeah. Yeah, like very double double that like, well, you're you're dumb. And so I would argue that you're right. She doesn't have these skills to do so because she has been spending all of her energy blocking these things her entire life, subconsciously or consciously, probably consciously at first, and then it became habit and she was stuck in that stress for so long that it has become a permanent stressor. And you know, people have there's been researchers out there calling stress the silent killer recently because stress actually does more to our health than a lot of really, really bad things. Oh, but it has a very big toll on your body, right? We know that it plays into the way that your cardiac responses are happening. We know that it plays into the way that you sleep and the effect that that has on your general health over a long period of time. Like it has very real physical consequences when we aren't able to manage stress right and so um including high blood pressure and all the things that happen and so like it's just how do we because telling someone to just stop stressing is not how feelings work Uh, calm down calm down okay like like it just doesn't work when you do that if i could get another well i can't get another tattoo but my next one is just gonna be like that's not how feelings work that's gonna be like that's my (laughs) motto put that on a mug but that's but that's real. You know, we work with individuals or ourselves. We know there are so many times where we know I'm stressed, whether it's rational or not, or whether we even feel like it's rational or not. We know that doesn't mean we're immediately able to stop it. And so it's how do we exactly practice those mechanisms and learn those mechanisms to help be able to navigate that in the future. Yeah, I hate it. every time you go on like the interwebs. Yep. Hey, how do I deal with stress? Run. You should go running. You should sleep more. I would love to sleep more, but I'm stressed. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a vicious cycle. And I, I I think I appreciate you going to that because I'm I hate to say it, but what what our bodies do Okay. I'm gonna go to animals for a second because that's an easy uh when animals get stressed, mm-hmm. oftentimes when they they're they go straight to fight, flight, or freeze or fawn. Right. Right. And what that looks like for an opossum, for instance, is they play dead, right? Um, Or if a hare gets caught by a fox, they will play dead uh, because they got caught. And what happens is if the fox gets distracted and they drop prey and run, 
the hair is going to start visibly shaking because they are getting all of the pent-up adrenaline that has been going through their body out. And so they literally have to shake their body to get everything uh, back to normal, to process all of the pent-up adrenaline energy that has been there. And so the, the, new, the, the science says in order to stop that stress cycle in its tracks, almost counterintuitively, it is to increase our heart rate. And so that doesn't necessarily mean go on a run, but it does mean how do you get your heart rate up and get it to where your body can relax and feel the process of relaxing with your heart rate going down so that it knows the stress response and the stress, the, the stress contributor, causer, stressor is done. So in a way, <laughs> we do exercise as a really good way to combat stress. The problem is we often associate that with the thing that's giving us stress in the first place, which is why we have to distinguish between the stressor and the stress itself. Mm-hmm. That was a long way, but it's, it's true. It sucks, but it's right. true. <laughs> yeah. No. And so one of the things uh, I love when there's a little bit more of a well-rounded, like here are short-term tactics. Sure. Here are long-term tactics. Yeah. Uh, and then here's some maybe like problem focused like coping mechanisms. Yeah. Right. So, Short term deal with the stress. Long term deal with the stressor. Correct. That's exactly what it is. It makes me think. Uh, have you ever heard of the book Why Don't Zebras Get Ulcers? Mm-mm. Uh, it's it's a, it's a book about anxiety and stress and and um, but a big part of it I think it's it's the conversations around like zebras are consistently in life or death situations. Um, right consistently the prey yep uh in their environment so why are they not experiencing the stress and the part of it is because once the stressor is gone they are able to rest yeah like once the once the lion is away and they've survived it's cool okay i'm gonna we're good now rest we're gonna drink and we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna drink water and we're gonna relax and like um, and so that it is that how do we how do we find these coping mechanisms uh, mechanisms to be able to navigate that? Lynn has not found this, and we see so much reaction because even her initial response to, all right, I'm ready to talk to to Sue about this. I I don't agree with Bolin's like siblings sometimes just need to duke it out fight because that's our healing process i'm like i there are better ways yeah i also <laughs> am not going to buy into that there i think that a ways. lot of siblings think that i do not think that is true yes i, I want to go back to to lynn at the even further back where i think one of the symptoms of of her work of not ra- or rather of her holding on to stress for so long is this compulsive need to work Yes. And so what we see her at the beginning is she's like reprimanding guards. It's redirection, right? Right. Like it's a it's this projection in a way yeah. of I'm projecting this onto everybody else. And yeah, she's calling these guards out for being lazy and like the, the avatar needs to be protected. The worst criminals in the world are coming to get her. And I was like, This is the safest city in the world. Well And we don't know if the Red Lotus has made contact with him yet. We also know that he is still with like with them. Yeah, we just don't know that he's in contact with them so, yet. So it's one of those things where it's like, she's not wrong. And that is stressful, right? So thinking that you have these deadly assassins coming to attack someone that you're supposed to protect yep. is stressful, I would assume. 
Well, and that's what's so interesting about this. So it's like legitimate stressor. Well, well, think about this. Think about it from the context of the very beginning of what our conversation was talking about is it's all about perception. Cora knows that these assassins are coming after her and she's not stressed at all. Su Yin's not stressed at all. Ai Wei's not stressed at all. Nobody's stressed but Lin. Right. Right? And so I think that's worth noting. Well, and whether or not that's because of it, it, you're correct it is because of perception how accurate those perceptions are is a whole different story though but it doesn't affect it, or rather it significantly affects the way stress impacts our body sure right? um and but, so, so I, but so so what's the argument there of when we say we're seeing stressful things in the world around us and we have the privilege to hide from them or not experiencing them we choose to and now we're talking about don't put your like here's ways to not be in be stressed because it has a negative effect on your body. But we know the response to seeing injustice in our community is not to avoid that stress. Yeah. So how are we managing that? Well, how are we, how do, how are we combining these conflicting ideas? I think there are more, there's more nuance there than, yes. than that. I, I, I for, I don't want to paint that as two extremes. They're not. And yeah. I, I, cause I, I think that it, it sounded like the way that's, that's kind of came across that way. Um, Fair. yeah. And so I'm thinking about that and wondering if there is, you know, there's the glass half empty, there's the glass half full, there's the glass all, like 800 different ways, depending on what ism you're choosing to view the glass as. Right. And I think it's, how do I step away, look at this, and talk about it in community so that I can have a, an understanding of the full the pull picture, mm -hmm. right? What it looks like from every perspective. Because um, somebody might say the glass half full and says, listen, I, like, I know people have been trying to drink and they're thirsty and they're going to be here in 10 minutes, and so that's not going to be enough water. And you know, they're like, oh, it's half full. We have plenty of time. Mm -hmm. And so it, like, it, for every situation – it requires community. It requires conversation. It requires a lot of discussion. So how does that play for someone like Lynn who is struggles with engaging in community? Engage that that's a, that's a stress response. It's a trauma response. <laughs> right. She needs to go to therapy. Right. <laughs> she needs to have this acupuncture session yesterday. <laughs> like, and I'm not arguing necessarily for acupuncture in the real world, but in this world, I think that is a significant help for Lynn's health. Um, so I, I don't have a better answer for you other than I, I think that in that situation, we need to be engaging people. And I don't think we should be making decisions on our own. Well, and I think that's one of the biggest things is that having the ability to understand that conflicting ideas get to live in the same space and that they can both be true at the same time. And so, yes, yes you need to take care of your body and you don't need to be in high stress at all times. You need to recognize that there are people who are because of the lives that they live and there's, and so it's how do you build the correct coping skills so that you can engage in that work, be, be a part of it and know how to maintain or, or deal with the stress that is inevitably going to come from it. And also how do we create systems that help us deal with a reasonable amount of stress, but not expect us to deal with an unreasonable amount. Correct. And I think when uh, capitalism suggests 
that working 40 hours a week is uh, normal, is expected. In fact, it's, it's the, the minimum, minimum. is an ex example of normalizing something that is a stressor <laughs> on the body, especially mm -hmm. in the system that we are currently in. Um, that's just one example. But yeah, that's that's my thought. But again, the original reason we brought this scene up is I think that this is this compulsion to work and compulsion to stay busy is a response to I feel stressed. I have to be doing something productive. I need to be. I need to do. I, need I to, am yes. I, something. There's something to go on. That me. That is a stress response. That is a trauma response. It's a distraction. And so I think that's something that for me is telling in terms of Lynn's uh, carrying of stress here. Yeah. And we, well, we see that um, I think the conversation with Opal helps. I think Lynn being kind of pushed back uh, with Cora at times, I think is maybe helping her in these moments. Um, at the end, you mean? Um, so yes. Uh, yes. Right. So like, cause now she's engaging in it. She's, she's being vulnerable and engaging in those community conversations. And we're seeing the positive benefits of that. Yeah, well, it's I, I think one of the things that um, I'm remembering from another book called It's Not Always Depression by Hilary Jacobs Hendel is, you know, thinking about how, the change triangle. And when we experience an emotion that we don't want to experience, we go to generally that emotion makes us feel shame or guilt or anxiety mm -hmm. and we don't like feeling that either so we deflect or do something else to cover that up mm -hmm. and what lynn has been doing all these all these years has been doing that and not ever resolving the underlying emotion correct and this memory surfacing this uh originator of a lot of her problems with su yin the reason she has a scar literally on her face that she, whenever she looks in the mirror, she sees it. I think going back to this, what I'm considering a root memory is giving her a chance to address the underlying problem. And I think for me is this whole memory package of no wonder she didn't want to talk to Sue anytime, because even though she wasn't associating Sue with this past memory in the current mode necessarily, mm -hmm. that memory package so to speak, was creating the same feelings every time she thought about or talked to Lynn. And so, of course, she didn't talk to her for 30 years. It makes sense. So it coming up again, giving a chance to actually deal with it, it makes sense that she slept for 16 hours, mm -hmm. and then she's like, okay, I feel a little bit better. She says good morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that it's always going to be that dynamic and immediate, but I do think that when we deal with and are able to talk through and navigate things that we have been burying that it's gonna get better for sure and it might get worse before it gets better let's, as we see but let's acknowledge how tough that is to do when your environment is also a trigger of that stress so being in such close proximity with su yin being in this reminder of toff with a stat literal statue built to her in this complex yep um that is going to make all of this that much harder. And I believe it's Opal who lifts it up. Like being here must be really hard for you. I love and it's, Opal. Well, and it's been, the answer is yes. We have to recognize that the environment, sometimes just being in certain spaces are going to create these responses. Right. There's a reason she didn't want to get off the airship. Right. <laughs> um, and it's, it's an interest. It's, you know, 
take your hand off the stove, right? And that's yeah. the natural response. The stove hurts. Take your I'm going to take my hand off the stove. And so we don't – it's a very interesting and counterproductive concept to be like, I have to put my hand back on the stove um, to, to navigate this, right? And yeah. it's not the same, though. It's how do we – feel that warmth maybe or feel that heat let's put our hand on the stove that's not on the burner correct right let's touch the stove <laughs> not on the burner correct and learn how to navigate the stove safely yep <laughs> and so that's the that's the new way to kind of no metaphors perfect no but yes and so i think that's just worth acknowledging right one of my other favorite ways are that that people kind of say like this is a great way to deal with stress and i think that it can come off as yeah okay Sure, but I think it actually genuinely helps. And studies would show that it was expressing gratitude. Yep. Right. Yep. As a, as a as a large way. Do we see any of that in this episode? You know, one of the things that Lynn does at the end when she's talking to Opal mm -hmm. is I don't. I'm not going to necessarily call this gratitude, but it made me think of this. Yeah. Is I wish that I had done it differently. Mm -hmm. And in a way, she's she's. Like, mom, I wanted to please my mom. I wanted to do this. And in a way, it was like, I, it seemed like she was grateful that she had the opportunity to share that with Opal. So I'm, I don't know if she felt that as gratitude or not, but I know when, that when I'm in that mode, and I've been in that mode a lot, unfortunately, where I've made mistakes in my past and I worked with teens for a long time. And so I often saw them grappling with decisions and I was like, listen, I've been there mm -hmm. and I can't tell you what to do, but here's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I feel grateful in those moments that I am able to, to talk about those things. Yeah. So that's what I thought of. Did you have another? No, I, cause I mind? think that's about the extent that I have is we don't, we don't really see that. Hey, thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for, allowing this conversation to take place um and so but i think that really is an important part to lift up when we talk about responding to stress as, as a strategy yeah. of, uh, to, to as we're talking about long-term changes in habits over time that can yeah. really help manage stress well and i i think we briefly touched on this but i don't think we said it explicitly but when offering advice to someone who is in stress is not the way to go. No. Don't say, you should take a nap. You should go on a run. Yeah. You should say something you're thankful for. Right, correct. That doesn't work. No. In fact, it makes me angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> so again, it's how do we do these things when we're not feeling stressed so that we like use them as tools later. But also, that's not what you want to do when you're stressed out. You don't want to think about what you're thankful well, for. No, and I don't want someone to tell, tell me, me to. what to do. Correct. Regardless, I don't want your advice. Correct. That's not what I'm interested in right now. And so, again, unsolicited advice is often the wrong move. Uh, so instead, I wonder... What feeling the feelings with the feelings are? What, is it, what would it be to be with that person in their stress in that moment? Mm -hmm. Right? What does it mean for you to, to be like, wow, that sounds really hard. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Correct. <laughs> right? I, like, I want to support you. Can I make you a snack? I want to support you. Can I sit with you? Like, like, what can I do? Not what can... Let me tell you, you what to do. Correct. Um, don't... What does support look like in this moment? Yeah. And I would say often it's going to result in the person who they're turning to not trying to dictate what they should do. 
So that's that's my suggestion. Uh, I think it's really important to be realistic. That's too. my unsolicited yeah, right. advice. <laughs> as, as our entire episode has been unsolicited advice. Um, it's it's interesting too because I think even when you're on that end, you also still have to be realistic with what your capacity is and what you're able to do. It and is, I think that that's a part part that we miss. How often do we stress because we want to support others and thus create stress in our own lives? pretty heavily because we feel this burden of needing to be there. And so how do we set boundaries around yeah. that? Let's normalize saying, I can't do that. I can't. Let's, but, but here are things I can do, right? Yeah. I love that. Let's, let's do that. Let's normalize saying, I don't have capacity for this right now. I really, really care about what you're telling me. Can we talk about this tomorrow? Yeah. That is perfectly fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it may not solve their problem, but not everything that's on their plate is your responsibility. When relationships that are built on trust are going to trust that response is not a way for you to get away from me, but like you are also It's not with saying, things. no, I can't deal with this right now. Oh, I have right. to go. It's, Correct. hey, I really care about this con- the content of this. I would, can we talk about this tomorrow when I'm in a better space to hear it? Mm-hmm. That's a very different feel than... I can't deal with this right now. I don't have time for this. I don't have time. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, that's... Well, because there, yeah. there are also times where, and this is where awareness comes in, there are times where I am not the person who's the most, who's going to be able to be the most helpful in this moment, um, for whatever reason that might be. And so, being real with yourself, so being like, I've got my own biases that are in, coming into play right now, and, and my own feelings, and my own first drafts that are rolling in, and I am not the person to hear this stressor and be productive with you yeah um yeah this is a very real but hard thing to do especially when we talk about like supporting family i need you to travel to take care of a family member but you have to take a month off from your job <laughs> no <laughs> so, uh i i can't well then you care about your job more than your family no no right like so it's like how do we because that's that's what i feel it's not a binary <laughs> and, and that's exactly it's not a binary because that's that's what we plan in our head if i don't do this then I'm the then worst. Then I clearly care about my job more than I care about my sick family member. Or um, or you're weighing the fact that there are a lot of things in play. That you, if you take off your job for a month, you won't live yourself because you won't correct. have the finances to do it. So it's how do we rumble with those things. Yep. And know that you're not alone when you're rumbling with those things. I think yeah. it's important. Yeah, for sure. But stress is tough to talk about because it's exactly what you say. It's because there's no cure-all. There's no, this is the tactic. There's no, I'm going to give you the right answer in this moment. It is practice and it is habit forming. I think that's the key, right? Is that it's a self, it has to be done by you. Mm -hmm. And so I, again, I can't recommend burnout enough by Emily and Amelia Nagoski it's very good for dealing with stress and giving you tools. It is written specifically uh, for women um, in the workplace thinking about burnout from work, but it is also very good at dealing with stress in general from a lot of different sources. And I just, I can't recommend it enough. It's very good. And if you want more resources, I would start there. There's so many books on stress and trauma I have and a body lot. response. Yeah. No. Um, before we go anywhere, I want to talk about Toph. Yeah. Because I think that... This little moment. This moment with Toph is 
a lot. And I struggle with it. Yeah. Toph is a mom. Toph is a police chief. And, you know, I really struggle. I, I was recently um, did an uh, educational seminar in a prison mm-hmm. um, for my work. And I was in close proximity with a lot of a lot of guards, uh, a lot of correctional officers. And it was really difficult for me. And I, I was really struggling because I'm like, man, police are really terrifying in this country right now. And mm-hmm. I was really struggling with that and being so close to them. And I, that was who I was being shepherded around the prison by. And I, I was just in this weird place. And then I watched this scene with Toph and Toph is in this position of power and privilege. And she's going to protect her family. And in a different situation, in a different time in my life, I would have said, absolutely, Toph did the right thing. This is exactly what needs to be done. She, like, we, we, would, we should protect our family. And then there's in another time in my life where I would have been like, no, accountability is everything. We have to make sure that we're holding everybody accountable. We have to make sure everybody follows the rules and does what we said because that's what's the healthiest way to have a healthy society. And now I'm just confused because sometimes the rules are wrong because some sometimes the system is wrong but the rules are right but this is wrong but that's right and mm-hmm. and i'm sitting here going like i don't know i don't know how to deal with this but i know that it makes me uncomfortable yeah i don't love when she rips it up and out of the guise of like i'm the chief of police this is my status and i can't have a daughter in the prison i can't have a daughter in prison is the wrong thing to say in that moment I just well because it because it, you're now turning it about you and and your exactly and your personal it's uh, not status. Um, for Lin and Su Yin, hearing that was devastating. Yeah, that was the phrase that for me would have made that something that <laughs> needed to be repressed. Yeah, and I, I really struggle with this scene. This it th- it's bad. It sucks. It was bad for and, everyone involved. That and, was not a. And I love Toph. Not a good family moment. I love Toph, but this really is like a low point for me. And like this is probably the lowest point for me in Toph's whole lifespan that we have of her. Which is, sucks. Yeah. Did you see, it's like you just feel like the power is being used for the benefit of Toph and not because of the situation. Yeah, and it's not what's... Or not even the benefit of Su Yin. And it's not even like, this is what's right. It's, It's like, it's the guise of, I have to protect myself. Right. And... The idea that anyone can do that in a society where you have that much power and privilege is terrifying to me. So, like, it, sh- it just illustrates that the system is broken, regardless. Like, regardless of your position, that's a big yikes. Well, it's a it is the it is a jerk reaction to stress, right? Like that is a that is a jerk reaction to. To stress that you're feeling. And it's, I think for me, it's less condemnation of Toph and more of the system that allows it to occur. Correct. Right? Because I I can forgive a mom. Trying to protect their child. I can absolutely forgive that. But the fact that this system is so heavy and laden with current political atmosphere and just, a, just immense history of grossness. I really struggle with this. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. 
What a place to end our <laughs> segment on. <laughs> We're going to end on a downer. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to process <laughs> a lot. And then we will be back with, with was, gratitude and devotion. <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going to go with it. It'll be great. Uh, we'll see. And we'll, give us a moment. <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. Pushing us away from this episode. What is pulling us in? Because it's all about balance. Balance. So the Red Lotus, it, like the concept of, of seeing the Red Lotus somewhat be hypocritical of like, we're trying to build this equitable space for everyone, and that means the Avatar can't exist, but we're willing to kill a common laborer. To be fair, they don't kill him. They were, I think they're willing. They were certainly willing to put him through a traumatic experience. But I don't perceive it as traumatic. He'll get over it. People are resilient. <laughs> Kids are resilient. That's always. I got spanked. I was fine. I'm going to die on that hill. Um, no. No. <laughs> no, I don't think you're that fine. No. You're arguing for child abuse. So that's your push away. That is my push away. It's just this, this. The willingness to, to hurt others to get to yeah. an end goal is just a concept to me that really, really causes me yeah. anxiety. Uh, ends don't justify the means. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my push. My pull in is the fight scene between. I thought the fight scenes were lovely, too. And it's not because they're fighting, because I disagree that that was a necessity. Um, <laughs> but they're just so but cool. But the action sequence is a lot of fun. Is a lot of fun to yeah, watch. Just this, and the I, way that they manipulate, the way they use both earth and metal when fighting, it was just fun to watch. Well, and I loved the nuance too of Lynn, who was angry and really what seemingly out of control was bending earth, where Su Yin was very graceful and looked like she was dancing while she was bending metal. And I, I think the contrast there was fascinating and just the the way we bend and how we manipulate the elements is also reflected in our body and i just i think it's i think it's fascinating so i just thought it was very well done i agree yeah what uh what pushes you away i we i, I mentioned it i probably could have saved that conversation for this but the, yeah i was tough 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 push me away from this whole episode i it just made me feel ill in a not happy. I didn't like it. Toph will not be getting our gratitude. <laughs> Toph, no gratitude. Not for, not for this episode. Not this episode. You had uh, enough. No more gratitude for Toph. Yeah, but for I mean, right now. Also, like this Bolin. Look at us being supportive in the like. And I, th- I, I think calling that support is dangerous. And I think people who are walking away thinking that support is also kind of. Oh, but we see sketch. that all the time, right? Like, yeah. 
I'm doing hey, this when for you, you. When you said this and hurt me, I I was supporting you, and you're like, no, or or hear or, me out. <laughs> you hurting, weren't. yeah. Um, so I, those are some moments that push me away. Uh, I, I agree. The fight scene super pulled me in. Um, mm -hmm. and also Opal, everything she does. She's just awesome. Everything she says. So great. I didn't, I don't remember loving Opal this much watching it in previous iterations. I don't know that I didn't like her. I, I, I liked her, but well, I just we, like, like, I really, I really like Opal's her now. <laughs> yeah. Opal's wonderful. Oh yeah. All right. Cool. We're jumping into our devotion. We did it. Devotion. Through the element of air. Air. What are you doing? And stress. What are you doing? Air stress. A stress air. Stress air. What? Like stressor. <laughs> uh, oh, I like it. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about bridges. Of Madison County. No. No, no, no. Bridges. Uh, Glute bridges. I, if you think about uh, bridges that encounter lots of wind... For instance, there are lots of long wooden bridges that are across, like, connecting mountain passes, for instance, um, that I'm like, how did you build that? That doesn't make any sense how that's there, but they're there. You're not like a hanging bridge? No, I'm getting that. Okay. What you don't see is uh, these things happening where these, these stationary stagnant bridges don't last very long because they are constantly under the stress of moving air. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason, one of the reasons that suspension bridges were created, hanging bridges were created, mm -hmm. is because they could move in the wind. Because they could take, they could bend and not break. <laughs> um, <laughs> there it is. Uh, so they could bend and not Ooh. break. And so that's kind of the point here, though, is how do we become resilient to the stressor and be able to move with it and not have it break us? Yeah. And I, I, that's the metaphor that came to my mind when I that thought about That is what these. our show title means? <sighs> Six years, sunshine. Six years. I named the show. I'm very aware. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm thinking about what, what can I do. That means I need to be intentional about the structures that I'm building yeah. to deal with that stress, which means, to me, it's the habits. What are the foundational habits and things that I am practicing to do that. And what that tells me right now is I can think of several things that I'm not doing very well to that are preparing me to deal with stress. And that is I'm not exercising right now. And I and I I need to get into the habit of doing it mm -hmm. so that I can regularly bring my body out of stress. Yeah. And I'm not doing that and I I think that is a massive contributor to the anxiety that I feel pretty often. And so for me, my goal is to do better Build about structures. Uh, is to do better about my habit of exercise yeah. and to start building exercise more into my routine. When I first heard air, it made me think of like a, I actually yawned. I had a big yawn when I thought about it, Boo. and I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just took a lot of air in. Um, Are you bored? Are you bored with us right now? Sometimes, Ben, you're not funny. You don't keep me I'm engaged. I'm funny. <laughs> I am so funny. Um. No, but sleep is mine. So where yours is exercise, mine is sleep. And yawning was a symbolism or a kind of a, a reminder. reminder of that. Yeah. And so uh, doing better about like, I'm going to bed at this time. I'm turning off the television. And sometimes it's so hard. I am stopping whatever. I, like it is, it can wait till tomorrow. Yeah. I need to go to bed. And it that really reminds me of uh, Casper 
Turkyle's book on the power of ritual, right? There's a reason we like set up a, this is our nightly routine, right? If I want to be in bed by 10, I need to stop looking at, at electronics by 930, mm-hmm. right? If I want to, like, there Some there, would argue if you're trying to be in bed by 10, you need to stop looking at electronics at eight. Yeah, hours in <laughs> like, advance, right? Like, like two hours. Um, yeah. Like said, and, that's not, I can't watch my shows and do that. Yeah. So uh, too busy watching the bear. But like setting a ritual and adhering to it makes a big difference for a nightly routine. Yeah. And some people are trained, they train themselves to hit the bed and fall asleep. Whereas I hit the bed and I'm awake for an hour because I can't fall asleep. Well, I've got so much Duolingo to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I get uh, it wrong and I have to do the, the, get my hearts back and it's a whole thing. Yeah, totally. But I'm hearing that you want to get some more sleep. Yeah, I need to sleep more. So, I don't even require a lot. Like, so what I'm, are you gonna do to do that? I don't know. Are you gonna not do Duolingo? <laughs> gonna keep, no, I got my streak. I don't. I'll figure it out. I'm not gonna stress about it right now. I'll figure it out later. Don't pull a in. Yeah, and let it. I'm take fine. Over your life. I'm fine. Gratitude. Mm. I love gratitude. Gratitude. Who are you thankful for? I'm thankful for Iway in this episode. Wrong. I. You don't even know what I'm gonna say. I don't care. I don't like him. I mean, we know he's not great, but correct. Okay, I'm gonna say it anyway. Sure. Um, I really love that Iway confronts Lynn in this episode and says, "You are working in a space where you don't need to, and it's you need to. It's time for you to relax. And I really think you could benefit from this. Why don't you try it?" And she does, and we see the effects of her being like going through this. What some would argue is a very I don't want to call it therapeutic, I guess, but some would call it therapeutic uh, way of addressing her her memories and bringing up things that she clearly needed to address and think of in order. And we see the after effects that it was beneficial. And so it's because of him that she is able to get some modicum of healing. And I just appreciate that he was a catalyst for that. I'm not convinced that he did that for her benefit. What? I just, I don't, I don't know. I think he maybe he thought that like it would stir something up and she'd kill her sister. I don't know. Wow. I don't like him. Man, you you have like a He's he's you, the worst. You have a nasty man complex he's, for him. He's the worst. Yeah, I even if that's true, I think that he failed <laughs> like miserably. Yeah. So, but regardless, I'm thankful that she was able to get that. So, that's my thanks for Iway, even though you aren't thankful for him. I'm just, I'm catching it before it gets to him, and I'm throwing it away. Wow, wow, dislike him. Dang, so much. That is, that is like calling someone bitter and alone. It's like a dagger to the heart. I hope he's bitter and alone for this. Whoa, of whoa! This is gratitude time. Okay, <laughs> who are you grateful for? Let's get out of the the you know destruction zone. Whoever causes Iway to much pain and suffering i'm happy for them grateful for them wow wow he gets thrown doesn't he get thrown into the okay we're gonna I don't know. okay who are you grateful for <laughs> five episodes from now you're gonna see me be who like who are you grateful, grateful for, for? <laughs> whoever hurt i weigh the most <laughs> we'll see i i don't know if that's what'll happen but it might all right, Opal's an easy go-to in this. Yeah, um, that's, I, that's she's. Uh, we we lifted her up last week as well, but I I felt like I intentionally avoided talking about Opal again because she's so great. And then also, actually, um, there's the moment that I really do love, and it's Suyin. It's um 
when when Bolin finally gets vulnerable enough to say, "Hey, I want to try this," her response of "Let's let's start now." Yeah, she's got the capacity, and she says, "Let's let's start now." And, yeah, oh. <laughs> he's like, "I'm sure you have a, a wait list about a year long." <laughs> yeah, and she says, "Let's let's go," and I love I love that. Yeah, I love that she was willing to teach Cora as well. I don't love that she felt the need to put down Lynn while offering to support Cora. But yeah. Baby steps. Yeah, but, I so, do love that. That and was she, a moment I know, loved as well. Uh, yeah, I'm just, mm-hmm, I hear you. I agree. I love it. Mm, what an episode. Y'all, thanks so much for, for joining us on this. Remember to follow us on all the social medias, BNB underscore pod. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. Give us a voicemail. things. Give us an email at thearchivy at gmail.com. And then if you would be so kind, subscribe, rate, review, do all of the things wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want more content than you're getting on the podcast, join us on Patreon. Live episodes, bonus episodes, all things that are still Avatar content. and Other tiers, too. More Avatar content is on the way. Yeah, lots of tiers. Lots of tears. You can get personalized episodes. Like tears is in levels. Tears of tears joy. In like tears of joy tears. from the personalized episodes you can get. Yeah. And also, you can get one-on-one time with me if you want. But they won't be funny, but they'll be helpful. It can be funny. They're usually not, but Y'all. they can be. <laughs> I'm Sunshine Mayfield. I'm Ben, and this has been bending, not breaking. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>